Okay. Let's turn to Matthew 21 today. Matthew 21. And I'm going to pick up at verse 18. But I'm really going to focus on verse 22. But we'll read through 18 through 22 to get the context of it. Verse 18. Early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. This is talking about Jesus. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree was withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So did you see the if there? If and I know in the New King James, the King James doesn't word it like that, but it was worded either way. There's a prerequisite there, and it's if you what? Believe. Believe. If you believe, then you shall what? Receive. So there is a prerequisite. There is a, a something there that we have to do in order to receive the things of God, in order to receive what it is that we're praying for. We can pray for many things, but if we aren't following the prerequisite, which is believe in this case, then we're not going to receive. And this is why many people get frustrated in their prayer life. They're, they're praying for things, but they might be praying wrong. All prayers are not the same. There are different types of prayers. There's, you know, we talked about that when we were focusing on prayer a little bit back in, I think, January. And, and we talked about, you know, there's prayer of consecration, there's intercession, there's uh, praise or worship, which is a, a type of uh, prayer as well. Or it's a type of uh, love that we show towards God. There's different types of prayers. Well, this is a prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith is based upon something that God says that you can have, but you're using his word because you find out in his word that you can have it. So you use that to apply it to, to receive something in your life. The prayer of faith. Well, in the prayer of faith, we must know the word of God. And we're going to get into that. But the thing I wanted you to focus on at the beginning is if, if is the hinge word, it swings on this. So if you believe, if you believe, so we must stop there and look at the believe portion of this and understand that this is the first stopping point And we got to evaluate here. If I believe. And the second thing is if you, if you believe, because in the prayer of faith, really, who is the only person that you can believe for? Yourself. That's right. Now, other people can uh, get the results or get the uh, benefit from your faith. There is the gift of faith that, that you can pray over someone else. And because of your faith, someone else can be healed as long as they're in agreement with it. They may not. It's just like going out into the street and someone may not. They be, they're going their normal way that day. They're not even thinking uh, of the existing condition that they have. They, they've been having this thing for years. And then all of a sudden you go, you lay hands on them and you pray for them and they agree to it. And then they're healed. They can 
can receive because of your faith. But they have to be in agreement with it. If they're not in agreement in their spirit, they're not going to receive. God never goes against the will of a person. So if you're not in agreement and you would rather stay sick, he's not going to go, no, honey, you need to be healed. Just trust me. You're going to like this better. But some people, because of the sympathy that they may receive or they like the condition or they like maybe the check that they're getting from the state or whatever it may be, they may like uh, everybody catering to them. And they really don't want to be healed. So if that's the case, they're, they're not going to receive healing no matter how hard you believe because really inside they may say yeah 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 but inside if they're not really wanting it God knows the heart he knows where they're at he knows what they're thinking so you can't override someone else's will so as we're focusing on this I want you to understand as we're talking about this we're talking about ourselves and growing our own faith if you believe you will receive it's not saying if you believe Sally gets Okay, or if you believe uh, Tommy gets or Tommy receives, this is if you believe you receive. So this is about growing our own faith and understanding that we must understand the word of God. If you believe, what does that word believe mean? Because this is this is a tricky one. Because we use the word believe and we use the word faith interchangeably a lot of times. But in actuality, these are two different things. Now, how Jesus is using it here, he's assuming that when you believe in faith, when you believe, you will receive. But he's talking about faith as well. And, and many times when we talk about faith, we can be using that as a faith thing. But what I'm trying to explain is sometimes someone say, well, yeah, I believe for that. But they're not acting in faith. So we've we're go we got to stop there for a second and talk about people. people will sometimes... Like faith and belief can be two, si two different sides of the same coin. Does anybody have a dollar? Can I borrow a dollar real quick? <clears throat> if I take this dollar to the store, you see you've got, you've got uh, George Washington on the front and all the, the designs and the ego and everything on the back. So we have a two-sided two dollar, but it is one dollar, right? If I take this to the store, and it's only showing the front side, and we only see the George Washington side, but the cashier flips it over to the back, and there's nothing there, and it's blank, she's going to say, there's something wrong with your dollar. I'm not going to accept this. She's not going to accept the dollar, even though the front may look good, this is the belief side, and this is we'll call the faith side. And if the faith side isn't there, it doesn't work. You can believe, but if you're not acting in faith, it's not going to work. Same dollar, but both sides must be present in order for it to be activated. Thank you. So many people will believe and say, yeah, I'm believing for, I'm believing for, but everything that they're showing in their life is the complete opposite of what they're believing for. Because what happens is truly in their heart, they're trying to make this work, but in actuality, they don't really believe it yet. They're not believing it enough that they're backing it up with their actions. If I believe that that chair is going to hold me, then I'll, I'll go up to it and I'll co turn completely around and without looking like this to make sure it's going to stay there, I'll, I'll just plop down without realizing, you know, without giving it a second thought. 
right? Because I trust that the chair is going to hold me. I trust that it's going to be there. And then it's not just going to move out from underneath me by itself. Now, some slick person might try to pull it out from underneath me thinking they're funny, but the chair itself might, or it, it will be, it'll stay put. It doesn't, it's not going to walk away. So I can have faith that the chair is going to be there. Now, it's not like I have to go up to him and say, I believe the chair is going to be here when I sit. I believe the chair is going to be here. I believe, I believe. That would be crazy. But that's oftentimes how we're, you see people operating in their spiritual walk. I believe, I believe I'm going to be healed. I believe, I believe. But it's all totally coming from willpower rather than actually having a rest. I'm not trying to convince that chair to be there by the time I sit down by going, just stay there, chair, please stay there. I believe that you're going to be there. And if I'm trying to do that, it's like I'm trying to convince this chair to stay put until I sit down. But that's how many people are with their faith. I believe, I believe, yes, I believe, I believe. But their, their actions say otherwise. They're trying to work it up in their flesh. They're trying to work it up in their senses. And that's not faith. So let me go over a few things that faith are not since we're already there. Okay? What faith is not. Faith is not based on feelings. Faith is not based on feelings. How many of you know the scripture... It says that, that he will never leave us or forsake us, right? And he says that, lo, behold, I am with you always. Well, what does that mean? It means he's not going to leave us, right? He's always going to be with us. No matter if we're here, if we go to the store, he's always with us. What if I don't feel him at the moment? Does that mean he left me? No. It just means that my feelings are whatever right now, you know? They, they may not be, I may not be feeling the manifestation or the presence of God in manifestation right now. I may not be feeling something. My feelings may be out of whack because of some, something somebody just said to me. Or my mind is, is uh, over here on this other thing. My feelings may not be feeling it, but it does not make it untrue that, he is, that he's with me. He is still with me no matter how I feel. So our feelings, we cannot go based on our feelings. Sometimes people say, well, I don't feel saved, so I don't really know if I'm saved. But the thing is, it, if you have said prayer of salvation and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth, the Bible says you are saved. So that means you're saved. It's not based upon whether you're feeling it that day or not. Because it's kind of like if you go get a job, what are you really going for? The paycheck. Now, there may be some great fringe benefits, right? You may get, you know, some vacation time. You may get some bonuses. You may even get free lunch at the cafeteria if they have one. You may get, uh, you know, uh, uh, your health insurance paid for, whatever it is. You get some fringe benefits. But that's not the reason you're showing up. You're showing up for the paycheck. Benefits are there from time to time or when you need them. Or the, you know, they show up when, when you say, oh, I want to I wanna go to the cafeteria and get my, get my sandwich or get whatever. I want to go uh, get some vacation time. But the fringe benefits are not the reason you're going. You're going because of the check. The check is there on a routine basis as long as you're showing up, right? So the fringe benefits, it's like feelings are kind of like that. It's like, yeah, when you have them, great. But if they're not there, 
it's okay because we go on the word of truth, not on our feelings. Our feelings can be all over the place. Our feelings are, are exposed to our, our, the chemicals in our body, the situations that we face, what we see, whether or not we get enough sleep, whether or not we're eating something. Our feelings are fluctuating all the time. So we've got to realize that we cannot base faith on our feelings. Faith is not feelings. Say faith is not based on feelings. All right, what else is faith not? Faith is not based on loudness. It's not based on uh, your tone or your religious voice. <laughs> it's not based on your loudness, on your tone, or your religious voice. And why do I say that? Because there's a lot of people that as they, they're speaking, they feel like if they don't put enough loudness behind it, well, then it may not mean anything. Or if they don't have enough religious tone in their voice, or if they don't have uh, the tone, devil, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of him. You know, And it's like they don't realize the authority is in who they are in Christ. It's based on the fact that they know that Christ in them is greater than than he that's in the world. You know, someone that walks with God and realizes that, they can command a demon to come out and not raise their voice above this. It's all in the understanding of the level of authority that you are, are living at, the understanding of the word of God in your life. You can never rise above or never live at a greater level of your revelation. So it's understanding the word of God in your life, not based on tone, not based on your, your religious voice or your loudness. Uh, number three, faith is not based on willpower. I kind of covered that. Because willpower, you can work something up in the flesh, but doesn't necessarily mean you have the revelation. You can be trying with all your physical strength to make something work, but you still may not have revelation in your mind. In your understanding, you're still really not believing it. You're just trying to make it work. And I've been there before. When I was first starting to, to walk these things out with, uh, you know, like if in, in like my physical health and, and coming against any kind of sickness or disease or anything like that, I would be, I would, it was like I was trying to convince myself. And, and yes, you do still say it, but understand, it's not about willpower. It's about the revelation of your understanding with it, which can be at a very peaceful state. Because in faith, there is rest, Hebrews 4, right? There's rest. So there's a rest in it. The last one, faith, is not based on how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for two weeks or if you've been a Christian for 25 years. If you believe in the power of God, and if you believe that God can do this in your life, you will believe in him for who he is, not based upon your uh, Christianity uh, term, how long you've been in Christ. But some people will, will completely cut things out of their life because I haven't been a Christian for very long. Or I'm not like so-and-so who's been a Christian for 15 years. But it's not based on that. It's based upon your belief in him. How much you really believe him. All right, so let's, let's since we talked about what faith is not, what faith is not, let's get back to uh, the fact that there's two differences, or the difference between faith and belief. You can believe uh, every day in things, in the physical things every day. You go out, for instance, you believe 
sometimes more, most of the time people believe more in the, in the physical things than they do in the spiritual things, right? Because people walk by sight instead of by faith. But we're called as Christians to walk by faith and not by sight. But this is what happens. Think about it. If you go and you uh, apply for a job, right? You go for an interview and you sit down and you talk to the people and they say, we're going to hire you. We want you to show up on the 5th. And you're like, yes, I got the job on the 5th. Okay, what time? 9 o'clock. Okay, I'll be there. So you leave and you say, I got the new job. I'm so excited. I got the new job. I'm going to get me a car. So you start going car shopping and you start looking at, at things and, and, oh, look, I can afford this payment now. I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, get this certain car because this is the one I really want to have. Oh, I'm going to go tell so-and-so that I'm going to pay them back because I've got this job coming. What are you doing? You're confessing what you're getting ready to walk into. We'll do it with everyday life things. But when it comes to the spiritual things, we won't confess it until we see it. There's a problem with that because that's not how God taught us to live. He tells us that the same thing, that if you go get a job and they say you're hired and you believe that, then why won't you believe the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that made the universe, the one that never lies? This is the ultimate truth, and this is why many times we don't see something come into manifestation because we're not operating the same way if, if, you know, Big Joe says you're hired. And we'll say, well, Big Joe says I can show up on the 5th. Big Joe says I got the job. And we'll, we'll you know, lay our, our money down on that, but we don't do it with God. Trusting in the word of God is key. Believing that his word actually carries authority and it carries weight. How many of you know, well, I think uh, Pastor Brad taught a little bit on it. He was, well, no, you were talking about character and, and you're not as good as the company you keep. Well, how many of you heard the, the saying, um, you're only as good as your word? That's, that's kind of a normal thing around here. You know, it used to be like you could, you could shake hands and that was, that was it. That was a done deal. We're shaking hands on this and it means that you're going to carry your end. I'm going to carry my end. Uh, there didn't need to be a contract signed because I'm as good as my word. You're as good as your word. Well, some of that has, has slacked off uh, since then. And so because of that, we have contract signed because people aren't always as good as their word. They say they're going to do something and then they don't. And as a result, what do you think happens? There's less and less of a trust in someone's word. Well, if that's the case, and we've been brought up in a society where we have a hard time valuing someone's word, do you think that might reflect some on God's word? That we might, when we read it, not really take it as its full worth because we're, we're used to this person not showing up or that person not following through or this person not doing what they said they were going to do. And so when we read the word of God and we see, we see things going on, but you don't know what someone else's heart, someone can sit there and say, I'm believing for my healing, but they may be doing something completely backwards behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on. You cannot take someone else's situation and call that gospel truth. You know what I'm saying? God's word is full authority, 100% truth. And we have to have our mind like set on that, not fluctuating and, and making loopholes and saying, well, he didn't really mean that. 
He only, he only meant it for those type of people, but he didn't mean it for me. He didn't mean it because I've only been, again, a Christian for, you know, a year, so I don't know everything. Or I didn't, I didn't use my, uh, you know, I don't know how to pray like that guy. So we, we'll put limitations on ourselves and limitations on our own faith many times because of these things that we put in place and it can hold us back. So if we believe in the physical everyday things, then shouldn't we believe in the word of God 100% and meditate on that until it becomes so real, so like it, it gets grounded inside to the point that it just rises up, you know, like it's, it's something normal that comes out of us. Um, I remember the first year that we were in Hana, and Minister Mara will probably remember this story, because, you know, it takes time to get used to a new culture, right? And, and <laughs> we were there for the first year, but we had, we, it wasn't quite a year yet. I would say we were at um, the nine-month, eight-month mark. And, you know, West Virginia culture, you invite people over to your house, right? You, you have dinner, you sit around, you talk, and, and you enjoy each other's company, that type of thing. Well, we had tried to get to know people in the community because we wanted to be able to have an impact, right? You want to get to know people. So we would invite people over. Well, this one family we had invited, and the thing is, we would invite people over, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't show up. And like this one family, we was like, why don't you guys come over? You know, come over. Uh, I don't remember if it was that night or the next night. Either way, it was like, you know, 6, 630. Uh, and so I had made dinner. We were ready. They didn't show up. And I was like, what the heck? What is going? <laughs> like, this was so foreign to me. You know, like, why didn't they come? I said that we were going to have dinner. Well, anyway, so this was about at the, the time period that, Hey, we were starting to make a, a bigger connect with like Minister Mara, Mr. Lehow, and, and so I asked her because I felt like, okay, it's not going to be offensive if I ask because I'm, I really don't understand. Like, I need to understand what's going on here. And so I asked, <laughs> like, if I invite someone over and they just don't show, like, why? Why wouldn't they show up? And, and she's like, well, like, in our culture, it's like considered Niele. And I'm like, okay, well, what's, what's that? And she's like, like nosy. Like if you go to someone else's house, you just don't go to someone else's house. You know, like in the in the Hawaiian culture, if you show up at their house, you stay you stay back from their house, and you go aloha, auntie. You know, and you wait for them to come out, and 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 you know, there's still some distance, and you wait to be invited. You wait until they come and invite you forward. But even then, you don't just go hang out in their in their parlor or their living room. Like you 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 know, state your business, and then you go. You don't just hang out unless it's your own family. So I had to learn to understand that. But the thing is, when I invited the family over and they didn't show up, well, guess what? They missed dinner because I was, I was good for my word. <laughs> and they didn't know that. They didn't really think I was being for real. Like they did, did, I don't know. I guess they just thought she doesn't really mean it. It was just a nice gesture, but she didn't really mean it because that's just not how it's done. You know, and so many times God can have things for us, but if we don't take him for his word, then it'll just be sitting there and we won't receive it. We won't get the, we won't get the dinner. 
We won't get the, the whatever it is that was already prepared for you. He prepares a table before you, right? And so those are the things that we want to be able to, to tap into. But it takes belief and faith. It takes the action. Even if they believed it. Yeah, I believe that she does have dinner. But that's considered Niele. I'm not going over. Because of the way I think. Because I'm not thinking the way God thinks that he wants to give to me. He wants to have me over so that we can have relationship. So that, that we can just talk story. So that we can hang out. And if, if, we're, if we have a different mindset than what God has, it can keep us from coming to his presence. It can keep us from coming and receiving what he has for us. Let's flip over to, to uh, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. And let's look at the definition, the biblical definition of what faith is. Verse 1. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the assurance. What does assurance mean? I'm going to try to break this down into some words that when you look these words up so you'll get an understanding of what it means. What is assurance? Because we understand like if you're assured of something or if you're sure of something, then, then yes, you're like sure. But in actuality, this word means it's actually got a legal definition with it. It's like the title deed or the legal standing entitlement. That's what assurance means in the Greek. So the, the title deed or the legal standing entitlement that, that someone has. So what is the legal standing entitlement or the the title deed to something well we're going to we're going to get into that here in just a second but just remember that that it's like a guaranteed agreement or covenant okay so a legal standing entitlement of what we hope for well most people think hope is like well yeah i hope that's going to happen like it could be yes it could be no but hope in the in the bible is different it hope means it's an expectation that i have it's all i'm hoping for this thing i have an expectation for this thing to come into my life this is the thing i'm anticipating this is the thing that i'm looking forward to it's not like well i hope it does i hope it you know well i like for it to but it may not it's not that kind of a hope it's a hope as in I have my hope in this thing my security is in this thing my my assurance is in this thing so it's an anticipation of looking towards something for uh, okay of what we hope for and the evidence the evidence the evidence have you ever heard a message preach and all of a sudden something hit your spirit and it was like it, like an inner knowing or an inner persuasion that, yes, I am, I am persuaded of this now. I am persuaded of his love for me. I am persuaded uh, that he has this for me. I am persuaded in, in what this scripture means in my life. It's like an inner knowing and inner persuasion. So that evidence doesn't come in physical form. Because remember, spiritual things come in spiritual ways. So the evidence is on the inside of you. When you read a scripture, there was a, one that I read this week. And of course, 
you know, most of you know that we have our, uh, we're, we are hoping, we are expecting, we are anticipating having our own home with land, uh, not being in the, in the city. So this is something that I have scriptures written down for. Well, there was one that I read this week, and it just kind of popped out at me. And it, he was actually telling David, it was during the time when God was speaking to David, and he was saying, uh, you're not going to be the one to build the temple. I'm going to have your son build the temple. But he was saying to him, but I'm going to give Israel a home so that they are planted and they will no longer be wandering around or they will no longer be I can't remember what the word was now but it was like they they were going to be planted and no longer be wandering around and it was like that that just jumped out at me when I read it well when that happens it's a word it's like a rhema word that God is speaking to you it's not a logos written word any longer it becomes alive and it becomes rhema word to your spirit so I wrote that word down and it was like that's my scripture because I had other scriptures written down backing up this thing that that we're uh, that we're believing for you know that you, when we leave houses and homes for the for the gospel sake then he'll give us those things and there's other uh, scriptures that I have written down for it but this one popped up and came alive to me and I was like this is the rhema word for me so I wrote it down and it, it's something that I've been saying so whenever you receive those words write them down stand on it just like when we had our house fire that most of you I think have heard the story you know the very the very word that was spoken into my spirit then is that even through all of this destruction, even though this looks like a mess right now, even though it looked like, oh, man, really? This is horrible what's happening. But in my spirit, all good things work to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. So I knew, like, this is going to work out for my good. And it did. The house ended up better than what it was. And the insurance paid for it. What, did I was I sitting there praying for a fire on the home no but what the enemy means for destruction God will turn around for your good and make it better hallelujah so you can stand on that word well that was the thing that I just kept saying that whole time that everything works for the good of those who love the Lord which is me everything works for my good because I'm called according to his purpose I am called for him I know that he's not going to leave me or forsake me in this and I'm not going to end up with a, a worse situation I'm going to end up with a better situation so as a word speaks to you cling to that word cling to that hope that you profess that is your faith that is the living active word that's on the inside that's the in birthing of faith and that's what it's talking about when it talks about faith the in birthing persuasion out of the word of God so as you are getting those, that when it says faith is the assurance, the title deed, well, that was my title deed. That was my word. Because God's word, remember how I said a person is only as good as his word? Well, God says that he elevates his word above what? His name. That means his word is higher. That means his word is the absolute. If his word is that way, and of course Jesus is the word, right? Well, anything that Jesus said or anything that's in the word of God pertaining to us, that is our entitlement deed. That is that is for us. And especially when it's spoken to our spirit. Because that becomes like an anchor for that situation. So as you're getting that, that's your title deed. That's the thing. That's the card you whip out. 
Anytime you're praying, that's the card you whip out. Anytime the enemy tries to come at you with discouragement, nope, you whip that card out. Nope, because this is the card that I have. This is the word of God. And it, it's what happens then is because God is a judge, he can only do what his word says, correct? He cannot go against his word. When a king speaks, his word comes into action. He cannot go against it. That's why when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, the king could not take his word back and go, oh, no, 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 you know what, guys? This was a bad idea. I really didn't want this to happen to Daniel, so never mind. He couldn't go against his word. So he had to follow up with what he said. So God does not go against his word. So when you read the word of God, you have that assurance that he is a judge. He is someone that cannot go against his word. So if you have the word of God on the inside of you, that is your title deed. That is your word. That is the word that you can hold up and say this, bring it to court. You're bringing that word to court because the enemy might try to steal that. How does he try to steal it? He tries to steal it out of your mind. He tries to steal it out of your heart through discouragement, through uh, situations. Well, I don't think this is really, that's too big. It's just too big of a dream. It's just, it's just I don't think it's going to happen. He'll try to steal it through your thoughts or through discouragement, through something coming at you. And then it's just like, man, I just don't feel like this thing's going to ever come out. I just, I'm just done. I'm just, I'm just done pursuing this. It's just, it's not working in my favor. And that's how the enemy will try to steal it. It's through discouragement. But the reason God gives you his word is because that is your assurance. Faith, faith is the assurance, the assurance, the title deed, because that is the very thing that you can present in the court of God and know that he honors that. And it's not like he's sitting there going like, oh, man, she saw that one, so I got to give it. No, he's like excited that you're getting it. He's excited that you're using, because he's like, yes, use my word. That's why I put that in place. That's the reason I gave that to you. Use the word against the enemy. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I would be excited if my kids, you know, got figured out something like that. And they're like, this is the word. My mama said, my mama said in this house, this is the way it goes. And it's like, boom. And he smacked down the enemy that I'm like, yes, you get him. So it, it's like God gets excited that, that you're holding his word. That you're holding his word and saying, no, this thing, this thing has to bow. This thing has to come into alignment with what I'm saying. And faith, faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing, yes, you just even this morning, that's why, again, you know, you're here. Can you imagine taking six, seven, eight weeks off? I don't even know how long it's been now. But you guys have been advancing for seven weeks while other people have been cruising. I mean, we've been working on vision. We've been working on goals, right? We've been, I mean, we're continuing. You're getting your faith built up. You're continuing to move forward. Well, you know, other people are, well, no, I just, I can't, I can't because, you know, government said, my, my person said, but the thing is, God has given you a word. God has given you a vision. God has given you a purpose. God, God didn't say we're stopping because of coronavirus that, that is less than the flu. Anyway, so it, it hasn't even ranked. 
It hasn't even ranked as high as the flu. It hasn't. They're bringing their numbers down now. It's like they've cut it in half. Is it half or like a third now? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's like, well, really, you know, when you take out pneumonia and you take out this and you take out that, and then, this is really all we're left with. And, and it hasn't even been uh, <laughs> near the amount that they thought. But you guys have been advancing. You guys have been building in faith all during this time. You're like, I'm not stopping. I'm not, I'm not allowing him to steal the word of God out of my life. I'm making sure that he gets planted in me. I'm staying the course. I'm, I'm going to continue to move forward. I'm going to be built up in faith even during this time. It's not going to take, you know, six, six weeks to drag me back up to here again. I'm staying. I'm, I'm not just staying at this level. I'm going forward during this time. So during, you know, just like God, God created by using what? Words. And then he created man in his image. And he created your mouth to use for words for what? To create. God's, God never wanted our mouth to be used for destruction. But because this world ended up as a sinful world because of allowing sin in, well, then we see destruction, we see situations in it, and it can change the way we look or perceive things or the way we feel about things. And so we'll look at something and we begin to say uh, destructive things instead of repeating what God says. That's why he says you got to renew your mind according to the word of God. Because as you do that, then you begin to speak out in alignment with the word as you're doing that there's power in the word because his word is living and it's active it's sharper than any double-edged sword so it goes out in in into the into the atmosphere it goes out into uh this realm and and does destruction does what you couldn't do in the natural it does what you can't do in the flesh like there's no way that you can make things happen that you want to, to happen that are in the spiritual the only way it gets done is in the spiritual. Well, we fight a spiritual battle, but we fight it with our words. We fight it with our words, not at people, but we, we through our prayer, but what, by what we speak on a normal basis. So if you walk around, if a person walks around and they're speaking, well, I just get sick or I just this or I just that, they're going to reap the, the consequences of those words. But if you're speaking, I stay whole. I walk in divine health. My kids don't get sick. I don't get sick. Now understand, this is, this is something I want you to understand too. Because this is where a lot of Christians can get hung up. Just because if something comes on you, many times, or as a person is, is let's say they're activating their faith. Okay, they have the belief that God's word is true. I believe it. I'm activating it. I'm speaking it out. What happens many times is that people will, will feel like they have to pretend like the symptoms aren't there. And what I mean is, like, if they have a, a, a headache or if they have something that they've been dealing with and they, they come into the understanding, I don't have to stay here. I can come out of it. I can, I can use the word of God and I can come out of this situation. Or let's say God doesn't, I've, I've realized God doesn't want me to be poor. He wants me to have, have wealth so I can be a blessing to other people. And as they're coming into that revelation, what the church will do sometimes in the faith circles is there will be a guilt if you, if you um, let's say you're not confessing it, but you're staying the situation like, like if I'm dealing with something and I have a headache at the moment, okay? That, that physical manifestation is what I might be dealing with at that moment, 
okay? It might be the result of something, of, of something that I, that I have going on. Now, can I sit there and go, I don't have a headache, I don't have a headache, I don't have a headache. And I could sit there and I could do that, but it's really not going to take care of the problem because, again, I'm, I'm trying to do this out of willpower and not out of faith, understand? So pain itself is a, is a symptom that red flags your body that there's an issue, that's not a bad thing because God put our physical bodies in a position to where it will red flag to tell you, you need to do something here. There's something wrong. Otherwise, if we put our hand on a hot stove, that would look pretty stupid, right? If we, if we did this and we hadn't pain, but we're going, nope, I believe my hand does not hurt. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt in Jesus' name. It's not like that would be ridiculous. The, your body's telling you, remove the hand, Take the hand off. So as, as we uh, respond to those things to fix the immediate problem, we do those things sometimes. Like, for instance, if, if, if I was dealing with something, um, and let's say I'm believing in my healing. Like for instance, last year, um, you know, when I was having some, some neck issues, and it was just tense all, all down through here. And there were a, a few times where I took Tylenol to kill the pain because even though this was going on, I was quoting scripture. I was standing in faith. I was doing the things that I needed to be doing, but I wasn't going to just sit there and suffer through it and my whole day just be like miserable because there are some things that people can have that can completely be a distraction to them and they aren't even performing at a good level because it's such a distraction. Or it's so much pain that it's very difficult for them to even build their faith because their brain is so focused on the pain that it's like they can't even build the faith because it distracts them into, but you're in pain, but you're in pain. You're not healed. You're not healed. You understand what I'm saying? And, it, and it's almost like it can pull you clear over here. And it's like you're so focused on this that you're not even able to get the word or focus on building the word on the inside of you like you need to. So these things, yes, there may be, and it's like, like use common sense for things too. Like for instance, if your car needs oil, do, do you put oil in it? If it's low on oil, you put oil in it, right? You don't just go, well, I'm just going to believe in faith that the car is, just has enough oil. Now, if I have the ability to go get oil, I'm going to get oil and I'm going to put it in there. Now, there were a couple times driving from Hana, two-hour trip, and you get halfway out, and then you look down the gas tank, and it's red, and it's been red for a while, and you realize we only have four miles left in the tank, and we still have 25 to go. And of course, Hunterade, that really means like 40, 40 miles to go. <laughs> so you're in Can, you know, you hit Canai and you still got uh, another 45 minutes, an hour out, and, and your tank is red. And you're like, we didn't check the gas before we left. And there's no gas stations for, for you know, uh, that, that whole trip. So there have been times where we'd be like, Father, we thank you that you supplied, just like you supplied those fish and that, that bread for the time that they needed it, and you filled everybody's belly. You're, you're supplying this gas right now. Even as we're driving out, we're going to get to Paiem. We're going to get the gas that we need. So we thank you, Father. We're not breaking down. And there have been times where we have applied faith to that. Because, now, what if we were setting there passing gas station after gas station after gas station and going, thank you, Jesus, we never need gas again. Hallelujah, we don't have to buy any gas. And we're going to live by this for the rest of our life. And, and we never need gas again. God would be like, dummy, get some gas in your tank, you know. 
So understand that there are times that, yeah, we use our faith when there's nothing around. But God's not telling you don't ever buy gas again. Now, we had to exercise our faith for that. But, like I'm saying, there are things in life that, that um, we got to pay attention to. And, and we grow our faith. As we are reading the word, we're growing our faith. We're exercising it. Start where you are today. Don't have faith for the, the guy that's been activating it for 25 years and he's believing for this. So start where you can ask yourself, what can I believe God for? And in your spirit, you'll know. You'll know the level that you're at because you'll, you'll be like, yeah, I would like to have that, but I don't really have the faith for that. So I need to bring it down a little bit. Because the reason is you're setting yourself up. If you're, if you're trying to believe for something that inside you know you really don't have the faith for, you're, you're starting out too high. So start where you're at and grow it. Grow it and get, get the, those uh, steps in. You know, it's like you don't go into the gym saying, load me up with 400, Bobby. You know, and, and you're laying on the bench press going, no, put more, more, more. And I haven't been, like, to the gym ever. That would be, like, dumb. They'd be like, uh, <laughs> there's something wrong with your head. You really need to work on your head more than your body. So you don't go into the gym saying, you know, start me with 400. You start at the, at the amount that you have the strength, five. <laughs> so you start somewhere where you know that you can, can have the potential to do it. You have the faith for that. You have the gumption for that. I mean, even, even through life, you know, uh, when, we, when we started tithing, you know, you start with the 10, and then you grow more as your faith is increasing. But you don't, when you start tithing, you don't say, you know what, forget the 10, I'm going to do 40, and you're living off of 30000 a year, you know. I'm going to do 40%, and, and your finances are just not there for that. Like, start somewhere where you, we know the minimum is, is 10%, and that is a faith element. That's got to be faith. But you start where God says to start, and then because you want to do more, then you grow that. You know, even in, in our health. I remember when I was first starting to read Kenneth Hagin books, and, and this was getting in me, and I was just like, okay, I, I want to be able to live like that. I want to be able to, to, it was making sense, you know, the, the word of God and, and, and the, the confessing the word and and beginning to plant those seeds of the word in my life and in my future well it's not like all of a sudden everything just went whoop and lined up and boom there I went and I, it was all great it wasn't like that there were times where things would would try to come against me and then and even then I might be going a week or two going man why am I not shaking this thing why am I not getting rid of it but I realized like as I continued and did not give up I don't even remember the last time that I had to hug a toilet. Uh, throwing up, for those of you. <laughs> They're like, why are you hugging toilets? That's weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the last time that I was like sick at my stomach. I don't remember the last time that I had a flu. I don't remember, uh, you know, having to, it was so long ago. In fact, I think, <laughs> If I remember right, it was, it was back when Zephan was little, the story that I told a couple of weeks ago uh, where, where I was in the bathroom and, and Zephan was like, Mom, are you okay? Because something like hit me and all of a sudden 
I felt sick and and I was just like, you know, I, I, I was like at that moment, I was sweating and, and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. You know, and he went in his room and I could hear him in there praying. He was in there praying in, in tongues. He was praying in the spirit. And, and then as quickly as it came on, it left. And I don't think I've been sick with, with the flu since, you know? And so, but the thing is, I continually to say certain scriptures in my life and I plant the seed, plant the seed, plant the seed, plant the seed, plant the seed. There are certain things, you know, when we pray in here and we, and we say, thank God for your healing. Thank God for your health. You know, some people believe, have enough faith for their healing, but they're waiting for the thing to come on so they can apply their faith for the healing. But you can live at a different level and live at a divine health level. And, and thank God that, he, that no sickness or disease shall come near your dwelling. So, you know, but if, you're, if you don't have the faith for that, then you might have to, like, wait for the thing to come on and, and then pray for your healing. <laughs> and if that's where you're, where you're at, then just realize where you're at and practice it. Practice it. And as your faith grows, you're going to realize, like, oh, I'm here now. I believe in this now. I have a greater understanding. I have a greater revelation of what God wants for me in my life. All right, last scripture I want to use. Go to 2 Corinthians. You know, that's how you're saved, is you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Because the Bible says that it's in your heart that you are justified, and you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess. That's how you receive salvation. The, from that point on, the rest of your faith walk is the same exact way. You read something, you believe in your heart, and are justified, but salvation comes through the confessing of it. So you believe in your heart, but then the confessing of it is what brings it into manifestation. Manifestation. Okay, 2 Corinthians, where am I at? Chapter 4. Um, look at verse 13. It says, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I believed, therefore I have spoken. We believe and then we speak. The thing is, most people, if they're believing, whatever, whatever comes into their head, they believe and then that's what they speak. But we know that we find our, our, our foundation in the word of God. Our truth is in the word of God. We read this, we believe in the word of God, and we speak it. It says, with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So Paul is saying, follow the same example. We do the same thing, just as David did, because he was quoting a scripture out of Psalms. He was saying, this is what David said, I believe, therefore I speak. So he said, so we do the same thing. We believe, therefore we speak. In the same spirit of faith. Now go down to verse 18. It says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen 
is eternal. And of course, Hebrews 12, 2 says to fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So just like I said before, when you're dealing with something or you haven't seen it come to pass yet, well, obviously, that is the faith thing. That is the faith walk. Because if you already had it in your hand, there wouldn't be anything to believe for, right? It would already be there. You wouldn't have to believe for it. So the believing and the acting out in faith is the is the Christian walk. It's the Christian journey. It's what we do. But he's not saying pretend like it's not there and ignore the pain or ignore the situation. He's not saying, well, you know, yes, I have made uh, you rich. You know, I want you to be rich. But he's not saying it's a great idea to go out and buy a $900 pair of shoes right now when you don't have the money for it. You're going to get yourself in a bad situ situation or circumstance. So he's saying it's not that, that you're confessing that you confess what you are in Christ, right? You confess the word of God. You keep your eyes on him. You just don't focus on where you're at. It's not that you're, it's not that you're, you're pretending that it's not there. You understand where you're at, but you keep your eyes focused on where you're going. The author and the finisher of your faith. Just like Peter. What did Peter do? He said, you know, uh, Jesus was walking out onto the water. He was he was getting close to the boat. They were all on the boat, and, and they were afraid because they didn't know who it was. And he says, don't be afraid. Don't fear. It's me. It's I. You know, he just said it was Jesus, right? And then Peter says, well, if it's you, and even though Jesus just said, it's, it's me. It's Jesus. It's me, guys. And he said, well, if it's you, you know, and, and so Peter's like, well, if it's you, then call me out. He's like, okay, really, God, if it's you, then let me come to you. Call me out of the boat. And he says, come come. So Peter gets out and he's doing it first because he's keeping his eyes on the author and the finisher of his faith. He's keeping his eyes on Jesus. And then all of a sudden, what's he do? Oh man, this is a lot worse than what I thought. You know, and he starts looking around and taking account of the situation, considering what's going on, considering the waves, considering the wind, considering the situation that he's in. I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't really looking. That, that was a quick statement. I said come, and I really probably shouldn't have because look at these waves. I wasn't really thinking straight when I said that. You know, and sometimes we can hear a word and yes, and, but the thing is you got to focus on that word. Jesus is the word. The, keep our eyes on the word. Well, what word has he given you? Keep your eyes on that word. The author and the finisher of your faith. Those are the things that we do. It's not that we're ignoring. Well, yeah, you kind of are. You kind of, you don't have to pretend like it's there. I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. Like, take care of the pain. You understand what I'm saying? The pain is not really the cause. It's being, it's there as a symptom, it's there's a symptom. Use your faith. I heard Dr. Bill, no, not Dr. Bill Winston, uh, uh, Dr. Fred Price say, use your faith for the cause. Take care of the pain. Deal with what needs to be dealt with. Use your faith, though, for the cause. Getting rid of the cause. You see, there's a, a reality which is real. Some people say, you know, false evidence appearing real, whatever. They're actually, this is reality. This is a physical reality. We live in a physical reality. It is real. You know, it's not like, this is not happening. This is not happening. Yes, it's, you can look like a crazy person if you act like that. Th this is a reality. But, but, there is faith, and then there is truth, which is the word of God. 
So even in your reality, in the situation, you use faith to bring the truth into manifestation. Okay. So find your word. You know, even, even when that happened with Peter, you know, Jesus looked at Peter after they got back in the boat. He says, why did you have little faith? Why did you have little faith? Because Peter did have faith for a moment. You know the, how the, the parable goes? The word that was planted in the, in the soil, and there was the rocky soil, and, and, you know, that was like no good. The, or the birds came and ate it up. It was like no root at all. And then there was, there was the seed that was planted on the soil, and it, it lasted for a little bit of time, and then it withered up. And then there was the seed that was planted on good soil. Well, it's kind of like Jesus went through that when he was saying, Peter, you had little faith. You started out well, but then because of the circumstances and the situations that you lost it, you lost your faith. You allowed the enemy to steal your faith and discourage you because of the situation. Well, even in, in the Bible, there was, a, there was the, other, the storm that came in Mark. Whenever the, the storm was there and, and Jesus was where? He was sleeping. His faith rests. And he was sleeping. And the disciples going, Jesus, we're going to die. Don't you care that we're going to die? Like we're all going down. And Jesus wakes up and he says, why did you have no faith? Why did you have no faith? So he was saying, you weren't even trying to have faith. <laughs> you know, why? Because what did they say after that? Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Why? Because they did not have the revelation yet that the atmosphere would listen to what he said. So they didn't have the revelation of that level yet. So they thought they were doomed. This is it. We're done. We're going down because even Jesus can't control this situation. And so he said, Where, why did you have no faith? Because they weren't operating at any faith at all. And then, of course, you have the centurion. And he had great faith. He wasn't even a Jew. He didn't even study the word of God. He was, he was outside of uh, the Jewish nation. He was a centurion. He was a Roman. So he was coming into where Jesus was at and saying, can you send the word and heal? What was it? His servant? It was a servant, right? Can you heal my servant? Can you heal my servant? Well, he knew he, that he could. Just send the word. You don't even have to come to my house. Just send the word, and I know he'll be healed. Why? Because he had a revelation, and in fact, it was a revelation based upon physical things. Do you know that God can give you a revelation just by using your mind because you understand the nature and the law of things? God set laws and certain things in place for us to get an understanding of how his kingdom works in the spiritual He's like, I know how this works. I am a centurion. I have people under me. When I speak, they have to go. So I get that. So I know you're greater than I am. If you speak, this thing has to listen. So he had a revelation that even the Jews did not have. Even the Pharisees did not have. The teachers of the law did not have. Because God Gave him the understanding. But just looking at the, the situation, just looking at how this law works, just looking at the law of authority, just looking at this, this thing here, I get this. So it was the same thing with this, the um, Syrophoenician woman. She was not a, a Jew either. And she was the other person that, that Jesus said, great faith. Why? Because she came in and said, will you heal my daughter? Will you heal my daughter? And he said, I, I can't just feed the, the bread to the, to the 
to the people outside of the family. My first responsibility is the Jews. I got to feed the children first, meaning the Jewish nation. I had been sent to feed the Jewish nation. She said, yes, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the children's table. She had something figured out, even in the physical sense. It's like she used her reasoning and said, yeah, Jesus, I know, but even the dogs are getting fed underneath the table from the children's scraps. And, she, and he said, because of your faith, it's your faith your daughter's healed now at this very hour. And the daughter was healed at that very hour. Hallelujah. And he said, you have great faith, great faith. So we operate and we act according to our faith. When you read uh, Hebrews 11, it goes through Abraham did this and he offered his son. Noah did this and he built an ark. They didn't sit there and say, well, Noah just believed. Well, Noah believed that it was, it was coming, and he just believed. And Abraham, he believed too, but, but he sat at home, and he didn't take Isaac up the mountain. No, it says he believed, and he offered his son. Every one of them have an action word. They did this, so they did this. Even many of them, it says uh, Jacob believed, so he said, so he blessed, and he would bless his children. Why? That doesn't sound like anything great, but here's the thing. When you're blessing, you're speaking prophetically. You're saying what's going to happen. That's no different than what he's asking us to do. So when we bless, we're blessing our situation. When we confess, we're confessing our situation. We're calling those things that are not as though they are. Amen? Let's stand up. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that today... That every, every, everything, that every situation that people have been believing for, the, the things that they have been keeping their eye on because they know it's theirs. They know that in your word, you have given them those things. So I pray that today that they will begin to, to operate at another level, beginning to walk in faith at a greater level, speaking these things into existence, not just believing because your word says we have to first believe and then the promises we shall receive. So according to even that word, we know that even in our hand, in our spiritual hands today, we are pulling down things with our, our mouth. We are pulling things down into the physical realm. We're calling those things that are not as though they are. Begin to speak out over your life right now. We thank you, Father, that every sickness and disease in the sound of my voice, I curse it now in Jesus' name. It is not allowed on the child of God for your blood covers us in every way, shape, and form. So we thank you, Father, that every blood disease is healed in Jesus' name. I, I even uh, call out people right now that are online. If you've been suffering with any kind of sickness or disease, I command that thing right now in Jesus' name to die. I curse its work, and I speak the healing power of life and the life of Jesus Christ into your body in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for houses we did not build, for lands, for gardens we didn't plant, trees we didn't grow, but they're there, and for fruit trees, for things uh, in, our, in our possession, in our land. I thank you, Father, that it's already there. I thank you, Lord, for the things coming to us. I thank you, Father, that our children remain blessed. I thank you, Father, that, that even my grandchildren are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father, for uh, the spouses of my children, Lord, that they are saved and they are an asset to the kingdom of God.
I thank you that you bring good godly men and women into this family. I pray over this house specifically. This church, Father, that you're aligning people even right now that are supposed to be in this house. People that are supposed to be right here in this place, getting filled up with the very uh, purpose of God, that have callings on their life, things that they're supposed to be uh, coming into alignment with. I call them in now in Jesus' name. Father, for your purpose and for your glory, and as they align themselves up with you, that the blessing overtakes their life. I pray over every person that's here today father that your blessing overtakes them in every single area in their finances in their health in the land in the city in the country that their baskets will never have holes in them that they will overflow all of their days in jesus name in jesus name we thank you father we thank you if you're online today and you're watching and you have not yet asked Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life or if you've departed from him once you might have known him but you uh, went your own way and you know that you need to come back to him, then I want to pray with you today because today is the day of salvation. There's no other day like today. So you can pray that today and everything gets turned around in a moment's time. So just say this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. For the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for me, I ask you to come into my heart, cleanse me of every sin I've ever done. Today, I am brand new, filled with the Holy Spirit, and a wrecking ball to hell. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray that even in their home, that you fill them and fill their home, their family, their children with the presence of God. Lord, that you seal them for the day when you come back for us, that they will not be found lost, that they will not have gone astray, but Father, that they will have committed themselves to you all of their days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.